Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning. It is time to get up with Thursday Night Thrillers, a high-stakes trio. Two were great to the final play. We're all over them right off the top. Then a Sunday night Super Bowl sneak peek could be. We'll tell you exactly what will decide the fly versus the fish. And then what the actual heck? Is Michigan in real trouble? Is Jim Harbaugh in real trouble? We'll explain what's happening and what needs to happen next as we get up with you starting right now. It's a Friday, people, and let's go. We are jammed up. Bartholomew is fired up. Jess is going to hit something today. I don't know what exactly. We'll figure it out. We had unbelievable finishes last night. Let's start with two of them. No, we'll start with the football. We're going to do the football first. We'll do the football first. What show do you think they're on? Saints and Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence playing despite a knee injury. Drew Brees watching his former team. We're in the third quarter. Saints down 17-9. Derek Carr tipped and picked. I tell you what, Derek Carr, man, you can see his frustration on his face. Sometimes tip balls change games. This is an example of that. Listen, they have to fix the offense in, in, in New Orleans right now. It just doesn't look right. Jags up 24-9, but New Orleans fighting back. Fourth quarter, fourth and goal from the one. They're going for it. Taysom Hill, this looked too easy. I tell you what, this is like the, 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 the cheat code right here. I don't know why they went with Alvin Kamara to play before. This is unstoppable. Later yep. in the quarter, Jags are going for it. Fourth and one near midfield. Travis Etienne, they come up big. I tell you what, this is this is the one miss that I saw from Doug Peterson. Your defense is playing well. Kick the ball. You know, you give the you know, New Orleans Saints life, and they capitalize on the mistake. They did. Huge play by that defense turns into this. It's Derek Carr. It's Michael Thomas. Talk to me about this catch. I tell you what, he reminds us every once in a while. You know, the knee in, one knee equals two feet. You know, this tremendous uh, focus right here. And this is what we thought he could be. It's been a long time since we've seen this version. Saints go for the two. They get it. We're all tied up. Now we're in the final four minutes. Jags is second and eight. Here comes Hi, may seem smaller in the rear view. Listen, <laughs> Matthews is Hit him with what we call the stanky leg right here. He hit, the, hit him with the eat, eat, the stop and go, and Cotton Tyron Matthews couldn't accelerate. Christian Kirk, 44 yards, Jags up seven. Here we go. Saints got a last chance, 30 seconds to go. Third and goal, Foster Morrow. Oh, oh. We have all been here right here. You feel bad for the kid, but that's what sports are all about. Sometimes it's the easiest ones that are hardest to come up with. I feel bad for the kid, but hey, no crime Bless his heart, he has to be the sickest man in America. And, and, and then Chris Olave on fourth down. They can't get it to go. Morrow would have to be consoled on the bench. The Jaguars hold on to win 31-24. Now, Jess. Let's do that baseball. Let's do that baseball. Diamondbacks and Phillies. Game three, NLCS. Phillies with a commanding lead. But the rookie, Brandon Fought, came up huge. Oh, Greeny, he had the good stuff going. Not just the fastball command, but how about the sweeper? I mean, this pitch, weren't we talking all week long about these Phillies bats? But he came out after 18 batters. 18 batters. 
batters, and that was his night. Meanwhile, Phillies couldn't score until this. And this is the, only the second wild pitch that Thompson has had the entire season. It cannot come in a worse time. This is the only run the Phillies would score. Phillies take a one nothing lead, so the pressure is on the Diamondbacks, and it's Guriel who comes up huge. Guriel, but watch Alec Thomas coming all the way around from first base. He doesn't score if he did not come in to pinch run. He has wheels. That's what the Diamondbacks are known for. They tie it up at one. Bottom nine, here's your ball game. Nobody out second and third. Can Kimball get out of the jam? And you think right here, okay, they're going to. A great throw to home. Almost a nice slide by GT Real Moto. Sticks with him. I think he even got him on the first time, but just to make sure, gets him again. But who ends up coming up in this game? Cattell Marte, he has been the hottest hitter for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Finds a way to get to grass. D-backs win it. Haven Smith scores the winning run, and so the Diamondbacks have life. They win 2-1. The Phils lead 2-1. What is the single biggest reason Arizona clawed its way back into this? Yeah, The biggest reason to me, Brandon fought the way that he started this game. We've been talking all week long how dang good this Phillies offense is. But look at the sweeper. We just saw Kyle Schwarber. He struck out twice against him. Look at the break on that pinch. I mean, you do not see these batters miss the way that he did. I mean, just to know that he's 25 years old and pitched the game of his life, but he should have stayed in this game. The Absolutely. I'm texting Hembo the second they took him out. If they lose that game, that's all anyone is talking about today. The kid pitched the game of his life, and they took him out after 18 And I batters. still disagree with it. They're throwing an opener today. They have a bullpen game. It's the first of three consecutive games. They needed length. They came into the game saying, we're going 18. As soon that's as right. they got to 19, it came out. We can't do the script and not just have a little bit of feel. His name is Brandon Fought, but they wouldn't let him fight. I didn't like it at all. Meanwhile, American League game. Astros needed a win to get back in their series with the Rangers or to even it up. Top of one, no score. Alex Bregman, they jumped on him immediately. Alex Bregman, and this is the 10th pitch of the game. I mean, he was able to find this hole in the gap, score two more runs. I love the way, by the way, he chokes up. Gets to this all the way to third base. Get yourself a triple, Bragg. 2 nothing. three batters into the game. It's 3 nothing in the second, and here comes Garcia. Adelise Garcia. I mean, just take a moment and watch this swing. This is oh. your two-strike swing, folks. <laughs> right down the middle of the plate, 115 miles an hour. Rangers. Get within 3-1, to one, and they're still coming. Bottom three, it's 3-2, and it's Corey Seager's turn to get into the act. Now, Corey Seager's bat had been silent up until this. Just a couple of hits. He went upstairs, up and away, by the way, Greeny. I mean, just meets this thing, barely clears. But it felt so good for Corey Seager to help his team because he had been struggling in the series. So the Astros need it. Top of four, they're up 4-3. Jose Abreu with a chance. Okay, we talked a lot about Jordan Alvarez, but Jose Abreu and Alvarez, this combination... By the way, another two-strike swing. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to put the ball in play. We are trying to slug, and that's the Astros. Three-run shot. That would blow it open, and they would go on to win at 10-3. So we're tied at two games apiece. Houston scoring 18 runs in these two games, most by a team in games three and four after being down 2-0 in a best of seven. They're just the fifth team in modern uh, postseason history to tie a best of seven to two after dropping the first two at home. So you told us that Jordan Alvarez was going to be the X factor in this. He drove in three more runs. What is it he's doing? He's hunting RBIs. I mean, he is a different hitter. I mean, he's, he's so good all the time. But when there's runners on base, and that's where he was every single time. By the way, lefties is all he faced all game long. Bases loaded. So he got the RBI earlier. This one almost oh. out of 
of the park, almost a grand slam. It gets caught still. Sackfly gets in another run. Then another lefty, three different left-handed pitchers against the lefty of Alvarez, finds the hole. Greeny, I love those swings. Yes, you want to see big, powerful home runs, but he's hunting RBIs, understanding how to get them in. Series tied at two games apiece now. You told me on the radio yesterday you still thought the Rangers were going to win. Do you still think that? Yes, I still think the Rangers, once they get to Houston. Now, they still got one more game in this series. I think Houston wins this next game. We're going seven games, Greeny. It's going to be a fun series. And the home team won't win a single no. one. All right, <laughs> more from Jess as we go. Now, developing story, and this one is a wild one. The NCAA is investigating the Michigan football program amid allegations of sign stealing. Sources tell us at ESPN that a low-level football analyst is a person of interest in this investigation into whether Michigan violated an NCAA rule by scouting future opponents in person at games and stealing their offensive and defensive signals. Jim Harbaugh in a statement, and I'll remind you, he has already served a three-game suspension this year for alleged recruiting violations. He firmly denies this, saying, I do not have any knowledge or information regarding the program illegally stealing signals, nor have I directed any staff member or others to participate in an off-campus scouting assignment. I have no awareness of anyone on our staff having done that or having directed that action. So we need an explanation of all of this, and so we've got... Heather Dinich to give us that, and then we need some insight, and we will get that from Desmond, whose scarf is sensational. But, but all kidding aside, Heather, let me start with you. The fans are reading the story, and they're trying to make some sense of it. What should they know about the investigation? First, while the fans at home are sitting there saying, every coach steals signs, this is normal. Yes, that's correct. And I've even had people tell me some teams are better at it than others. The difference here is the allegation of going physically to another opponent's stadium, videotaping, taking notes, whatever it might be, and patchworking that. I had one Big Ten coach compare this to the 2007 Patriots and Spygate in terms of piecemealing signs together. So that's the difference. Number two, you saw that statement from Jim Harbaugh saying that he has no knowledge of this. They, they, being the NCAA, confiscated that staffer's computer if they do find evidence of this. And Jim Harbaugh said he had no knowledge of it. The NCAA bylaws state that there is a presumption the college football coaches know what is going on in their program. So if they find something, Jim Harbaugh has to explain why he did not know about it and that he does enforce compliance in his program. And the last thing I'll say, um, Greeny, is that if they are bowl eligible. The CFP told me this morning, Michigan is also eligible to be ranked by the College Football Playoff Selection Committee. Okay, so, so just to be clear on a few things. So they're guilty until proven innocent. That's one of the rules in the NCAA, which makes obviously <laughs> no sense in this country. And, and then the second piece of it, just because I think this is what the fans are going to wonder, could this investigation lead to a place where Michigan does not get to play for the college football championship this year if they win? You know, we, they're going to have to beat Penn State. They're going to have to beat Ohio State. We get that. But could we be in a world where they could win all those games and not wind up playing for the championship? That's in the NCAA's hand. If they are not bowl eligible this year, they cannot be ranked by the CFP. But as proven, they're already under investigation for the 2020 recruiting violations, and they would be ranked with that in the backdrop. But if they're not eligible for the bowl season, they're not eligible for the CFP. 
Okay, so the, let me come to Desmond again. You're there in Ohio State, uh, or at Ohio State, for, for the huge game tomorrow. And, and I'll ask you about that in a minute. But, I mean, I think everyone wants to hear your reaction. It's well-known you're one of the, the proudest of the Michigan alums and, and certainly well-known for that. What is your reaction to the whole thing? Well, my initial reaction was like what Heather just said. It was um, this, the headline is more salacious than the content. Um, I, that's what I thought. And then I had to educate myself because – I mean, you have Bart Scott on the set. You have uh, Mike Tannenbaum. Uh, we, call that, we call that scouting. I didn't even know that was a, a rule, that you couldn't go and watch a team play who you're going to play against because that's an NCAA rule. Like, I had no idea. I'm like, does the NCAA think we're back in the 70s where you just exchange VH, VHS tapes and then that's how you see your opponent? So I was really blown away by that. But with that being said, hey, uh, Harbaugh said he was surprised by the allegation. He said that they'll cooperate fully. Ward Manuel, the athletic director, he echoed those sentiments. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, it's a fascinating scenario. But in case you're wondering, yes, that literally is what we're talking about. Buying a ticket, going to a game that 100,000 other people could be at. Yeah. That's against the NCAA rules. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Quickly, <laughs> we'll get Paul Feinbaum's reaction it's to this laughable. a little bit later. But, but Des, let me just get a quick take from you if I can. You're there for game day tomorrow. Monster game. Penn State, Ohio State. Give me a couple of quick keys to the game for everyone getting set for it. Yeah, one more thing about the, the sign stealing. You know, that's why you Go. see NFL coaches do this all the time. Yeah. You know, they, they don't want you to see what they're saying because they know people are going to try to steal your signs. But anyway, I think Penn State, you know, this is their best opportunity to beat Ohio State. They have a cornerback, Kalen King. He's a shutdown corner, number four. He's probably a first-round draft pick. Going up against Marvin Harrison Jr., who some people think is wide receiver one, will be the first receiver off the board. Listen. Penn State has one of the best defenses in the nation, number one in total defense and number one against the pass. They're great in run defense also. So listen, if Kyle McCord can move the ball against this defense and score touchdowns and not field goals in the red zone, then I think Ohio State will be okay. But the last time we saw them in a big game, it was on the road in Notre Dame, and they eked out a win against Notre Dame. This is going to be a bigger stage against Penn State tomorrow afternoon at 12 o'clock. Sensational game. All right, Des, text me where you got that scarf because I desperately need it. Outstanding. Okay. As you can see, we've got a million things going this morning. Coming up, trade deadline is looming. Could Saquon Barkley be on the move? He was talking about it yesterday. We'll tell you what should happen next. Speaking of which, do we have a problem in Vegas? Does Devontae Adams want out? And if he does, who should be calling them right this minute? The answers are on the way. It's Friday, and it's Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. 
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we're back and let's get a football Friday rolling here. The NFL trade deadline is 11 days away and Giants running back Saquon Barkley has made his intentions crystal clear. We know he's playing on the franchise tag. He says he does not want to go anywhere. Sitting here, everyone knows how I feel. No one, everyone knows I don't want to get traded. Or, I mean, I don't think anybody in their right mind would want to get traded anywhere. It's not an easy thing to do. You got to move. I have a family. Uh, I would love to be here, but like I said, it's not in my control. All right, let's start by giving some love to my man Bartholomew. Last week, he brought up the possibility of a Saquon Barkley trade, and he was summarily mocked by people all over the place. A week later, was everyone's drug. talking about it. Well, I'll tell you what, it just makes sense, right? And Saquon's talking about how he doesn't want to move in family. That's just the cost of doing business. But if Saquon is looking from Saquon, the, the, the player standpoint, he needs to understand that he's not going to be signed last, next year. We talked to Joe Shane, and Joe Shane was talking about all the young guys that are going to be on the market, whether it's DeAndre Swift, whether it's uh, Dalvin Cook. It's going to be options. He's going to have less leverage next year than he does this year. But this is an opportunity for him to raise his stock because he's already proven the Giants right by being injured early on in the season and missing three games. If he goes somewhere like Christian McCaffrey did last year, and everybody wants to talk about, well, Saquon hasn't been healthy. When Christian McCaffrey was yeah. traded, he wasn't a healthy player either. So you talk about the compensatory pick that they get, which is third if they just move lose them in free agency. Yeah. If you give a second-round draft pick, it's an opportunity to get Saquon Barkley and have that same impact that Chris McCaffrey had. Is it worth it? Yeah. Is it worth it for somebody? No, and there's a big difference, Green, because Christian McCaffrey had multiple years on his contract, and under the rules, because he's a franchise yes. player, they can't sign him to an extension. So any team acquiring Saquon Barkley will not give up a, a pick of significance. So I like to rebuke that. Last year, the Ravens did the exact same thing with Raekwon Smith, who was, had a squat firing contract. They figured out a way to get him the contract. The mark has already been set by uh, by Taylor at $42 million. Put the picks up on the screen. We, I, I asked everyone to just name a team you think should be trying to trade for him. That said, Danny, tell us the likelihood that he will be dealt. I don't think it's very likely. I'm not sure where this all came from because I haven't heard any chatter around the league about him getting traded. I don't know who's going to be giving up something better than a third-round pick for a running back 
which is something that you know, people don't want to trade for right now. Right. Who's making an $8 million salary this year. So he's taking on half of that, right? And now you got to worry about uh, what are you going to do with him after the year? He's going to want a contract. So I just I don't think that the Giants are going to be able to get enough for him to justify not having him on their team anymore. No, I mean, look, I, I, we can sit outside of it and say, uh-huh. you know, but, but I, I just think the way the running back market is right now, I don't think teams are eager to part with anything of value well, to bring in high-priced running cer- Certain teams value certain things, certain positions. The Baltimore Ravens won two Super Bowls in their history, one with Ray Rice, one with Jamal Lewis. They value the running back position, and Saquon isn't a typical running back position. You have Christian McCaffrey, you have Alvin Kamara, and you have Saquon Barkley, guys that can catch the rock and a receiver. Last year, he had, what, 70, over 70 receptions? Yeah. So he's not just a running back. He's a one-off. If, so, if they value running back positions so much, why don't they have one? Who? The Ravens. Because they were, trying, they were trying they're to hurt. pay J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, they all get and, and you, Are you, are you going to pay, so, pay Saquon? And they didn't. But, are you going to pay Saquon Barkley or are you going to pay a guy coming off an ACL tear? But just well, to clarify Saquon something. coming off 100 things. What, so, like, so, <laughs> just, just to clarify something. When Roquan Smith was traded, he wasn't a franchise player. Right. In this situation, if Baltimore, let's say, acquires Saquon Barkley, Greeny, what they could do, they could say, we'll give you a third-round pick this year, and if we sign to an extension, we'll give you a third-round pick in 2025. But, again, I've been there. If you're the receiving team here, you're not going to give up a pick of significance because you don't know about the extension. You'd only do it on a condition. Right, in the interest of time, I'm, I'm, let's just skip the sound bites on Devontae Adams. We all heard about his frustration the other day. He's frustrated in the offense in Las Vegas. He's another player whose name will come up. We're now 11 days or whatever it is from the, tra- from the trade deadline. Devontae Adams basically has not sounded like a person who's been happy to be in Vegas from the minute he got there. Does it feel likelier to you that he might get traded? No, because the Ravens... Raiders are three and three. The worst they're going to be at the trade deadline is three and five, which is not out of it. And quite frankly, they're probably going to beat the Bears this week and be no worse than, you know, four and four, and four at the deadline. Yeah. So, no, I don't think they can afford to give up on their season. Devontae Adams, again, tricky guy to trade. Almost $17 million guaranteed money coming next year. So what are you giving up for a guy that you know you're going to have to pay like that? Yeah, I, I, I do think he's unhappy because he went there to play with Derek Carr, right. and Derek Carr got fired before the end of the first season, and he's not there anymore. So I, I, I don't blame him, but I'm not sure he's going to be able to get what he wants. I, I think the comments, by the way, were not like, I don't know, you, you, Mike T thinks he's trying to get out of there. Maybe he is. I, I think he's he's been a good soldier. He's tried to give it a chance, and I think what he's trying to express is, we're winning, yeah, but we're not going to keep winning if we're playing offense like this, and we need to change some things. My, my experience with smart and thoughtful people like Devontae Adams is he, he did that very purposely. He knows mm-hmm. the trade day, deadline's coming up. And, Greeny, your New York football Jets, I'm on the phone with them, and I'm getting a deal done because I don't want to have any issues whatsoever with Aaron Rodgers for next year. You're saying trade for Devontae Adams to assure yourself that Rodgers comes back next year. 1,000%. And now you have him and Garrett Wilson, and let's go. I mean, I mean it's about time they bent over backwards and did something for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> That's Worth fantasy holiday. football go. right there. Well, I think he should go to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs, I think, admitted by trying to bring back McCole yeah. Harmon that they need more around Travis uh-huh. Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. And they always are a team that anybody would want to go play with, he'll restructure his contract for Mahomes to play with that type of talent. Yeah, but you talk about fantasy football, and I agree with you on paper, but 
until, unless they're realigning the divisions and the Raiders aren't going to have to play them twice yeah, a year, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, that the is- Cowboys should do it. The, the team that should do it are the Dallas Cowboys because they, they have history with that. They traded for Amari Cooper once, and it yeah. absolutely saved a season. They could desperately use him right now, but you're telling me you think there's a different player they should trade for. Yeah, the right team agree, but the player they need is Patrick Sertan. They Ooh. lost Trayvon Diggs, no, and if no, I'm the no, Dallas no. Cowboys, I can win the Super Bowl right now. I look at that Jalen Ramsey package of Jacksonville to the Rams, give up two first-round picks, and as you would say, Greeny, who says no? Dallas gets a corner, Denver, Denver gets two ones. Denver, Jack, Jalen Ramsey was a problem. He was a knucklehead in Jacksonville, and he, and he, he fought out. his way out. This is a classy guy. This is a guy you build your – this is this is Dre – not Dre Bly, Champ Bailey right here. This is like a generational talent. You don't let the best corner in his rookie deal walk away. I think Denver would listen on a lot of guys right now, but yeah, he, I, I think Patrick Sertan is one of the guys that they're not interested in. And the Jesse in. Hunter Renfrew, not – Devontae Adams. Fair we're enough. Trading everybody today. We are well. Listen, we're a week and a half from like the trade it. deadline. Like By the way, a little later we'll explain why the NFL trade deadline comes so early in the season, comparatively speaking. Whether that's the right or the wrong way for the sport to go about it. In the meantime, Sunday night we have a Super Bowl sneak peek. It certainly could be. We'll tell you exactly <laughs> what we'll decide. Oh the fly versus the fish. As Chris Canty jumps in with us next. Get up on ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back on Get Up, bottom of the hour on this football Friday. Chris Canty has joined the party. Take a look at this catch, guys. Can we hear? This is Morgan State's Anthony James Jr. Ooh-wee. Look at that. One-handed magic. Mama, one hand. Look at that. That's even good in the lead. That's two feet Uh. now, baby. Oh, yeah, that's the one knee equals two feet? Is that it? Absolutely. Where's the defender? He ain't know the ball. Oh, oh no, he got the elbow down. He's Keep your eyes on your luggage. You always go after the DB with 42 on. That means he's a bump side. <laughs> <laughs> but he's catching that ball like it's a tennis ball. That's ridiculous. Uh, anyway, Anthony James uh, Jr., whoo. are you kidding us? All right, the big fella uh, has made his way over here. Chris Canty, we just went through a couple of trade situations, and I want to dive into them with you here. Trade deadline 11 days away. Yesterday, Saquon Barkley was talking about how he doesn't want to be traded, but we all understand the way the business works. Should the Giants be entertaining trade offers involving Saquon Barkley? And if so, who needs to be on the phone with them right this minute? Greeny, you always listen to trade conversations. That's something that you always have to pick up the phone. Mike Tannenbaum will tell you that, especially when you're a team like the Giants that is seeing their postseason hopes being dashed by the week. When you look at this team right now, based on where they're at in the standings, doesn't feel like they're going anywhere this year. So you try to get get 
something of value for Saquon Barkley. You look at all the other pieces that you're probably not going to factor into your long-term plans. Yeah. And you consider offloading them. So, who should be on the phone with them right this minute? Who, who, who desperately needs Saquon Barkley? I mean, the Ravens could use some juice in their run That's game. That's exactly the what Baltimore, The Baltimore Ravens could use some juice in their run game. When you look at the other a- 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 AFC contenders, they've got guys in the backfield that can be th- dual-threat players. You, look, you saw one last night in Travis Etienne and how he factored in to what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing. You look at what Tua has at his disposal with Raheem Mostert and then Devin Echan when he gets back. I mean, so you need to have that guy that can alleviate some pressure from your quarterback, somebody that can, you can hand the football off to and that can house a, a run, a run yeah. and, and give you a chance to close out games. Lamar Jackson, their leading rusher last two weeks. That's a problem because yep. you put him at risk. His health is imperative to the success of the Baltimore Ravens. Not only does – you saw last week Saquon Barkley when he came back. All of a sudden, you look at Slayton. Slayton's being able to get one-on-one coverage. They need somebody that can create space on the football field. Saquon Barkley does that because you have to put the eighth man in the box. To be clear, if he just walks at the end of this season, if he just signs with another team, the Giants are going to get a third-round pick. Yeah. So in order to make this, so a year later, so to make this worth their while, does someone have to offer more than that? Would you need to get a second round pick if you're the Giants in order to just let him, because otherwise you're going to get the third round pick anyway. Yeah, well, Green, not necessarily because I'd rather have it in 24 than 25 because there's a lag of a year with the compensatory picks. Right. So I'd rather have a pick in 24 than 25. But the other thing is, Green, I would want another pick saying like, if it's Baltimore or Cincinnati, that, hey, if you sign him to an extension, I want an additional pick as well because his value has now gone up. All right, now I want to ask you about Devontae Adams. That's the other player we were talking about because he is making uh, a lot of noise. It, it's, it's, it seems clear to a lot of people he's not happy in his no. situation with the Raiders. They're 3-3, three and three, but I don't know that anyone takes them particularly seriously, and it doesn't sound like he takes them particularly seriously. Do you believe someone should be desperately trying to trade for him, and if so, who? Yeah, I mean, the San Francisco 49ers would be a team that pops up on the list. I mean, think about them potentially adding a guy like Devontae Adams. Brandon Ayuk is in a contract year out there. They've got a lot of cap space right now. Now, I know in future years they've got other guys that they're going to have to address right. with salary. But if you're looking for a player that can take you over the top to make mm-hmm. you the definitive favorite like to it. win the Super Bowl, Devontae Adams, a West Coast guy, being able to add him on a team that has a quarterback on a rookie deal, that would be awfully spicy. And I say something, five years we've been doing this show, five and a half years. Every trade that has been suggested, Dan Graziano has gone, yes. oh, no, I can't. I'm going to give you nine reasons now why it's not going to happen. When you no, were saying I, that. I can do that with this one. You're excited but about I want, that I want, one, I want Chris Candy in my fantasy league because I, I need more creative <laughs> about trades than, than, than the people I play with. Look, I, I think you saw the Niners make the big move last year for Christian McCaffrey when their run game seemed to be fine. Obviously, he takes it from fine to very good. Yeah. I, th- I think if there's a move out there that the 49ers believe would, would win them the Super Bowl, a la Von Miller to the Rams a couple right. years ago, right? I think they would consider it. They do have some cap space this year. They are going to need that cap space for the, you know, the Brandon Ayuk or, or you know, uh, whoever else they're going to have to sign in the next. Oh, yeah, safety. They have a, a couple contracts coming up. So, uh, but... You know, their window is tight. I, I think if they felt like it could make a difference, Debo Samuel banged up, yeah, who knows? If you put Devontae Adams on the 49ers, That's cheap. might as well just cancel the rest of the season. That would be like KD going to the Warriors, right? It would just basically ruin the season. And it would happen in the same market. Okay, meanwhile, 
The biggest game of the weekend features the top two offenses in the National Football League and the former Alabama teammates, Jalen Hurts, the 5-1 Eagles, Tua Tungavailoa, the 5-1 Dolphins, uh, on Sunday night in what I keep saying could be a Super Bowl preview. So here's the question I want to ask you. The Dolphins are about as high-flying as any offense that we've seen in recent memory yeah. and maybe even beyond that. How many points do the Eagles have to score to win this game? What will their number be that they will have to put on the board to beat Miami? It's 28 points, minimum. Now, I, I, they're averaging 25. They're in the top five when it comes to scoring offense. But it's not just about scoring points for the Eagles' offense. Almost as important as putting up points, it has to be possessing the football because the Dolphins have a historically great offense. We haven't seen something like this since the greatest show on turf. Right. So, gee, to me, the best defense for Tyreek Hill and Tua and Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert, keep them guys off the field. Keep them on the sideline. The Philadelphia Eagles lead the league in plays per drive hmm. and time per drive. So I think they have to lean into their strength, which is their run game and being able to sustain drives, kill clock, and shorten the game. I think it not only has to be a game where they score 28 points, but they've got to possess the ball for over 36 minutes. If they do those two things, then they're going to come out of Sunday night's game with a win. You know, Greeny, to Chris's point, yesterday, Dan Olasky talked a lot about, you know, what was missing in the Philadelphia offense and the run game. And through six games, Jalen Hurts has run the ball 14 less times this year than a year ago. And when Hembo and I were looking at it this morning, that's impacted their play-action pass game. That's impacted their rushing yards, their RPO game. And to me, when you look at the way the Bills beat the Dolphins, it's the same thing. They control the game through their offense. That's what they have to do with Jalen Hurts not only throwing it, but running it. Listen, I mean, I, I looked at Chris, and I feel like we, we, we sharing a brain today. You know, me and him usually don't agree either. You know, 28 <laughs> points is exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. But listen, I, I think we always you know, look to, to crown like the new event, innovative um, offense. But I just don't know who this Miami offense really is when I consider their opponents. Their opponents have a win percentage of, what, 5 and 25. When you look at their records, the one time that they stepped up in class, they were dominated by that Buffalo team. And I picked them to win that game. So I'm excited because I want to see who this team really is. Jalen Carter will be back this week. Mm -hmm. You have an upset Philadelphia team that's pissed off. Physically, at the point of attack, you talk about offensive line, defensive line. If Lane Johnson is back, they're going to be able to play that keep away. I'm just not sure Miami is as good as we think they are. They're going to be tested in the near future to see if this offense is legit or if it's more like the one that we saw against the Buffalo Bills. Cindy, put the picks on the screen because they tell a story. I, I, look at this. Ooh, Danny, everybody God. is on the Eagles bandwagon, parenthetically except me. I'm picking Miami, but there's no room for my <laughs> pick on the screen. Danny, go. It seems to me like a case of, I mean, what Bart's talking about is like we, we, we still want want more information on the Dolphins, right? We want to see them against quality opponents, and we want to see them be able to be physical. We want to see Tua Tungavailoa operate off script. We get, like when the first read isn't there, all that kind of stuff. I don't think anybody here thinks they can't do that, but I think the point is we haven't seen it. We saw the Eagles go to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, you watch it every time they put these Dolphins Broncos highlights on. I'm thinking, no, <laughs> oh my God. like, what, like, like, watch, like, how does this happen? Like, when let's put the Giants when up they there. throw it to Tyreek Hill on Sunday night, there will be a defender on the screen with it. <laughs> like, that's gonna happen. That didn't happen in this game. So, so it's a very different situation for Miami than what they've confronted. They could do it. We could be sitting here next week going, oh, Miami, they got everything you need. Absolutely, if they win this game, but we got to see it. And to Dan's point, Miami last year, 0-3 in primetime games, and those are uh, against teams that had winning records, yeah. and two have played in all of those games. So, again, we want to see them in a big spot versus quality competition. But can I just ask you, the, 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 I understand that there were question marks about the Dolphins, and I understand that high-flying offenses, sometimes people question. I don't know that we've seen the Eagles look anything like the team that Not made the right. Super Bowl last year. But, Green, that's my point about this game. We're going in talking about two and yeah. Tyreek Hill, as we should. We're going to be coming out saying – how good is this Dolphin? 
defense because for them to win this game, they're going to have to get Jalen Hurts and that yeah. offense off the field a couple times, something they couldn't do against Buffalo. Uh, look, I mean, they AJ scored 14 Brown. points against the Jets last week, and seven of them I don't even think should have counted. But stop, but stop, but stop it. We are always talking about teams against the Jets. Listen, you look at – maybe it's more about the Jets' defense and their ability because of their uniqueness in their defensive line to stop all these offenses. You know, we said the same thing about Josh Allen. Two weeks later, we were calling him an MVP candidate. All right, so, so maybe that was what it was all – one way or another, we'll see. I think both teams have a little something that we want to see from them, and I'll repeat, it could easily be a Super Bowl preview. Before we let Canty go, let's play the game that is sweeping the nation. <laughs> it's called Canty it. or Canty. All right, Chris, can Russell Wilson bounce back against Green Bay. He can, G, and I don't really have a whole lot of evidence that it's going to happen, but I know this. If he doesn't, he's running out of opportunities as the starting quarterback in Denver. They've got a $37 million decision that they've got to make in the first five days of the new league year in 2024 about Russell uh, Wilson's 2025 salary. So if he doesn't get it done against the Green Bay Packers, a team that is a little bit suspect, then I don't know if it's ever going to happen for Russ and Denver. Yeah, we're going to dive back into that one a little more later. Meanwhile, can Justin Herbert upset Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Can he or can't he? He can't. I mean, they've lost four of the last five against the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. And I get it. They're all one-score games. But last couple of years, Brandon Staley, not good in one-score games. As a matter of fact, the Chargers lead the league in losses in one-score games during that span. So I don't understand why this would be any different. Extra time for the Chiefs to prepare because they played on Thursday Night Football in Week 6. This is going to be more the same. All right, and then finally, we opened the show today with Jacksonville winning again last night. Can the Jaguars win the AFC? Can they or can't they? They can, and this was my preseason pick to match up against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. And don't look now, but this team is starting to gain some steam. They've won three games in 14 days, including beating the Buffalo Bills across the pond. This is a team that spent two weeks in London and hadn't had a bye week, and they still found ways to win, even though they haven't played their best football. They're not there yet. But they are going to be the second best team in the AFC by season's end. Yeah, I think so too. They're five and two. We'll see what they do. Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, coast to coast, every morning. Outstanding, my man. Thank you, Chris Canty. Always a pleasure to see you. As we continue in just a moment, do not miss my top five prop bets for this coming weekend. I got them for you. You're going to take them to the bank, and we'll see how we do. Plus, it is a sneaky showdown on Sunday. Could this be the first of two matchups between the Lions and the Ravens? Which team has the better chance oh. to get to the Super Bowl? We'll answer the question as we get up with you on ESPN. We are back on Get Up and our DraftKings Sportsbook Predictions are brought to you by DraftKings. So let's do this with the game of more or less. Mike T, will Josh Allen have more or less than 253 and a half passing yards against New England? More because there's less Matthew Judon and less Christian <laughs> Gonzalez. Because those guys are really beat up on defense. I think Josh Allen is finding his rhythm. And they don't have anybody agreeing that could cover number 14 there, Stefan Diggs. I like the way you played that. Bart, let's go to Detroit. Will Jared Goff have more or less than one and a half passing touchdowns against the Ravens? I'm going to go more greeny. Listen, nobody's playing better at the quarterback position than Jared Goff last week, throwing for over 300 yards. Rossi Brown last week, 154 yards. He reminds me a little bit of Keenan Allen with his ability always open at running a 4-6. They just have tremendous chemistry, and I believe Laporta may be the offensive rookie of the year. 
I told you yesterday, I think Jared Goff is a sneaky great pick for MVP this year at the number you can get on him. Graziano, let's talk about Lamar Jackson. A more or fewer than 276 total yards against Detroit. I'm going to go with more. I think they're going to need a lot of points to win this game against the Red Hot Lions. And how do the Ravens score points? Well, Lamar runs it and Lamar throws it. So I think he can get to 276. Finding Zay Flowers, who's his new favorite buddy, and uh, and running away from Aiden Hutchinson and that Detroit pass rush. So here's my theory. I, I think this is a game between two underappreciated or overlooked teams. The Ravens have won all six of their games this year. They just won two of them for the other team. Right. The Lions, because their one loss came early in the year, I don't think we paid enough attention to them. But this could be a sneaky Super Bowl preview. So I asked the group here. If I'm telling you right now, this is the ultimate talk show host uh, little move by me. Mm. I'm telling you one of these two teams is going to wind up in the Super Bowl this year. The Lions or the Ravens? One and only one. Which one is it? I'm going with the Lions because the Lions are the third best team. I think none of us will argue the third best team in their conference where the Ravens aren't. You, you can make the, the, the argument that Ravens are, could be second or third, or you can also make it say they can be seventh. I think you could make an argument the Lions are way better than the third best team in their conference. Who's definitively better than them in the NFC? How they're playing now, nobody. Uh, listen, I think they can match the physicality with the 49ers, and I think with uh, – with uh, Philly, yeah, and I think with Jameson Williamson, you know, you, talk, oh, yeah. you see that 45-yard touchdown, it gives them the element that they were missing early in the season. I agree. I, I don't know that anyone is better than the Lions right now. Mike, go. Yeah, and, and Greeny, to Bart's point, this time of year, from a team-building standpoint, you say, how do we get better? We just talked about the trade deadline. Jameson Williams could be a huge difference maker. Him and Jameer Gibbs have such incredible speed. We talk about Miami being fast in offense. You take the toughness of Dan Campbell and that offensive line with those two young difference makers. This team's going to be hard to beat. I will add to this, too. I'll give you a John Fink special. That's an inside line because our our coordinating producer always looks ahead at everybody's schedule. The Lions' remaining schedule is ridiculously easy. (laughs) It's unimaginably easy after this game. I believe the Lions this year are going to win 13 or 14 games. I think they're going to be the one seed in the NFC because their division is so much easier than San Francisco's or Philadelphia. Right, and as we answer this question about likelier to get to the Super Bowl, the Ravens are going to have a hard time fighting their way out of their own division. Division. I know they're in first place, but yeah. I mean that—that's—that's that's a really. I mean, the Browns have the best defense in the league. The Bengals probably have something coming that we haven't seen yet. We know how pesky the Steelers are. The Lions, I mean, they've already beaten the Packers. They're like the Patriots of the old days. The Vikings yeah. are having all kinds of problems. Yeah, I, I think they're they're set up, and and that's going to mean. Home playoff games. Yes. Right? Whereas if you're Baltimore, you have to go on the on the road. And Absolutely. In the, in the playoffs. And listen, Bart, I'm a little disappointed in you, and so is everyone in the 313. What up, though? Because <laughs> why, third best team in the NFC, why is anyone playing better than the Lions right now? They beat Kansas City on yes. the road. They lost one game in overtime to Seattle. Yes. Why is anyone playing better than the Lions? Well, because I have to show respect to the team that went to the Super Bowl last year with Philadelphia, and we know – traditionally what the history is of San Francisco. So I'm trying to be a little bit modest. I don't want to stick my chest out to after Thanksgiving when we finally win a Thanksgiving game and my dad doesn't have acid reflux <laughs> by 12 o'clock. That's right. One thing about like what has made Philly a consistently good team over these past several years, strong on both lines. Yeah. That's the Lions formula. Yeah. That travels. Aiden right? Hutchinson so, is a sneaky MVP, defensive I mean, MVP. Uh, no doubt about too. it. And defensively, they're giving up a touchdown less a game. That's 
unbelievable improvement year over year. Really yeah. good teams can beat you however you want yeah. to play them. You want to get into a shootout with them, they can do it. Yeah. You want to slug it out with them, they can do it. The, the whole country is good, man. The, the, Lions. the Lions need this game because they're going to play bum size, and I don't want them to get a false sense of security about they're better than they are. Sometimes it's good to go against tough competition, and this will probably be the last test they probably get as far as playing against a – Super Bowl contending team. Exactly they're right. going to play what, you said? Bum they, salads. Bum salads? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, the <laughs> ones, it's like the ones you get from Outback. They give you yeah, carrots yeah, yeah. and two tomatoes. <laughs> not a lot of good stuff on top. No you don't get the Bloomin' Onion? The, okay, now let's not get crazy here. <laughs> don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app. Use the promo code GETUP when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Meanwhile, let's do my green list today. This is my top five. This, that, or the other is chosen exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And here it is. Hembo and I have worked together on these, and I'm going to give you my top five prop bets for this NFL weekend that I love. And we'll start with that game right there. The Lions, the over-under on them is 20 and a half points this weekend against the Ravens. Are you telling me the Ravens defense is shutting down this high-flying show? The fewest the Lions have scored all season long was 20 in a game this year that they didn't need any more than that. I believe they put up much bigger numbers. I love the over for them. Jalen Hurts to score a touchdown is minus 140. The tush push seems like a lock, right? I mean, is Jason Kelsey playing in this game? Does, doesn't Jalen Hurts score a touchdown in every game? That feels like a reasonably safe bet, particularly in one where I think they will use his legs because they view this as a big game. The Bills, and Mike T just mentioned it, 25 and a half points is the over-under in their game against New England. I absolutely love them with the over in this game. The Patriots have given up 93 points in their last three games. You're telling me Josh Allen isn't going to exploit that? Angry coming back off a bad loss? I think that they will go nuts. I like the Falcons under this weekend, 17 and a half points against Tampa. The Buccaneers have not given up more than 20 points in any game this season. The Falcons' offense is terrible. I don't know what they think they're doing at quarterback, but whatever it is, it's not working. I like the under in that game for the Falcons' total. And then finally, I like the under on Justin Herbert passing yards, 270 and a half. He did not look good against Dallas last week at all. And people, I think, are not paying enough attention to how good Kansas City's defense has been. They have not given up more than 20 points in any game since week one. So those are my top five prop bets for this weekend. I wish you nothing but the best of luck. In the meantime, UFC 294 is tomorrow night from Abu Dhabi. We got Kamaro Usman returning to the Octagon. Main card begins 2 Eastern on pay-per-view with the prelims at 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. To order the main card in English and Spanish, go to ESPNPlus.com slash PPV. Coming up, what the actual heck? Is Michigan in real trouble? Is Jim Harbaugh in real trouble? And what might happen next? Don't miss Paul Feinbaum's reaction to the scandal. Thanks.